and we're live welcome back to keepers of the word you're here with mike ron and james what's up guys show for you today but before we get into it we would like to thank and fathom designs and the brothers that put this together make sure to follow us on all social media outlets twitch being our favorite hit the subscribe button turn on the notifications to stay up to date with our new content ron the disclaimer the views and topics of Keepers of the Word are solely our opinions and do not reflect the opinions of any lodge or Grand Lodge. What up, we, Mike? What's up, man? Um, it's been a nice day, right? And today we have a nice little topic that kind of encompasses three things, Kabbalah, alchemy, and sacred geometry. The topic is a spiritual journey in Freemasonry. And we're sharing this topic with no other than Tria Prima podcast. Hello, gentlemen. How are you today? What's going Thanks on? Thanks for having us. Yeah, hey, guys. Glad, Glad to be we here. finally Thanks got for being together. on. We appreciate you. So, this topic itself, a spiritual journey in Freemasonry. When you all entered the lodge for the first time, what was your first take of it all did you see any spirituality open oh, to anybody who wants to go first let's go let's go longest mason so so let's go jamie me then pat okay all right so, yeah so i think it was just uh no we had some pizza in a room above the lodge uh, this was back east norwalk connecticut great lodge good square work Good, you know, chartered 1765, a really old lodge, older wow. than the USA. And um, and we, you know, I was visiting for months, several months, and then, uh, you know, finally. And, in fact, like, even my first time going there, they showed me the lodge room. We don't do that at our uh, lodge we chartered here in Phoenix a few years ago. We don't even let our prospects Oh, we certainly don't let them go in the lodge room at all. The first time they see the lodge room is when we take the hoodwink off. As it should be. Traditional observance. Yeah, so <clears throat> that's the first time they see anything. And what is it? There's even a clause that the, uh, the hoodwink was there. So uh, should you say no, you say no, you know, you would not behold the beauty of the lodge you know and you'd be drawn out by your that other thing that we put around people right um so you uh, wouldn't see the lights of the lodge yeah 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 lesser or greater right right? because you see one by the light of the other and um but yeah i mean it was i mean i can't say i was impacted like uh, although at that point i didn't know anything about kabbalah or alchemy or anything i was approaching freemasonry like pretty cold you know so uh, very cold yeah so <laughs> that's what know. that that's what i was going to ask you did you already have any kind of esoteric background or spiritual spiritualism or or i mean i know you're you dig the astrology thing so i mean was that already in your character and in your person when you when you went to knock i had a rider weight tarot deck and i was goofing around with that and i had read some a lot of mythology but uh 
you know, apart from that, I, and I read a lot of, you know, I read some Nietzsche, I read some Schopenhauer, yeah. some Sartre, and just that sort of, so I was a little prepared. I mean, it wasn't totally cold, but in terms of Western esoterica, I was like, you know, I didn't know anything. Enough out of me, Jake. Yeah, so, um, man, I was in this little small town up north of the Phoenix Metroplex. So I, I was initiated, passed, and raised in Payson, Arizona. Tiny little lodge. Um, not that not that old. I think number number 70 and the, uh, the large we chartered here, Ascension's 89. So... Um, but like Jamie's Lodge, good square work, you know, it was, a, it was a great lodge. I cut the average age probably at least in half up there in that little town wow. when, I, when I came into that lodge. Oh, yeah. Because um, I joined when I was 19. Damn. So I, was a kid. I was a kid, man. What, yeah, what, made, you wanna knock, what made you want to knock that early? Well, yeah, so that's, that kind of ties into this for sure. Um, I would say... In my teens, in in high school, early teens, you know, late I'd say late junior high, early high school, I started to get into um, spiritual stuff. Uh, per se, I wasn't raised particularly uh, religious. However, I I always I always believed as a kid, sort of, and uninfluenced necessarily by in, anyone in this regard. But I always did sort of believe in a higher power. I just never had a good um, definition for it. I never felt like I, uh, fit within the, the context of any specific faith. Um, but I didn't like denounce any either. Like so many of my friends and peers were either like way religious or were like atheists, you know, hated it, metalheads, you know, it was like one or the other. Hmm. I always felt like I was in the middle, right? Just the swung to either end of the uh, end of the pendulum there but anyway so i read some i think it, there was one book in particular mark booth secret history of, of the sec, the secret history of the world i think it's called mark booth that that one really piqued my interest in a lot of stuff because it was just all the trigger words rosicrucianism and freemasonry and knight templar stuff and uh it didn't get so much into the eastern stuff i think it touched on it but um that that's really what got me i think it was probably 16 at the time and um then i started to, to sort of dig and i used to tell i remember going up to pace in arizona for band camp that one time at band camp one time at band camp. Uh, <laughs> yeah yeah no kidding and they have those signs you know at the entrance of every like small town you see those big things and it shows you like there's right. placards with the groups that are in the towns and i saw them something and yeah, and I was yeah. sitting next to my girlfriend at the time on on the uh, in the bus, and I was like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna do that someday." I told her. And what's funny is not that you know three four years later at that lodge where I pointed that out is where I was initiated, passing a race. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think I got into the psychological stuff necessarily. I didn't have a like like Jamie. I didn't have a tarot deck. I I wasn't. Uh, I definitely didn't believe in astrology, which is funny given my my circumstances now and. Um, that's the sort of stuff I'm into now, but that, I wouldn't say that I was an occultist or into the esoteric stuff as much as I am now, or really that much at all. But I was definitely intrigued by um, the oh. brethren that I met, you know, 
Um, it seemed like a deeply spiritual endeavor for those guys. Um, I was I was interested because of the the eclectic nature of the lodge, even in a small town like that. The different faiths that were represented were really interesting to me, and it felt like a good home for my spirituality. It did feel like from the from the start, it did feel like, and it and it was. Um, my my degrees were not not quite to the uh, you know the caliber that that you know I've experienced elsewhere this or that you know it was a small town and there was a lot of old guys putting on my degrees but they did it they put it together and um, they really laid the foundation for me so was and it a it, cowboy always... lodge cowboy lodge with bolo ties and stuff. I know they've got the, those in Arizona. No, plenty of bolo ties, but not not that many cowboys. <laughs> but yeah, cowboys. for sure. No cowboys. In fact, <clears throat> in fact they, I have bolo ties. That that was like their gift to me when I was raised. It was just <laughs> like bolo ties. Oh, damn. <laughs> Only. Big shoelaces. So anyways. <laughs> yeah, right? Hey, bolos are cool. I'm not knocking bolos. Anyone no, bolos chat, are awesome. Anyone that in the chat that rocks a bolo... Good for you, dude. I got married in a bolo like 31 years about. ago, and I still have it. <laughs> Don't take that shit off. Rock your bolo. <laughs> Rock your right. swagger with the bolo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's all how you wear it, right? Yeah, Pat. It's, my, what you got? You know, my uh, first experience um, coming a Mason was really impactful spiritually. I had, I had kind of an amazing night. Um, I, I go to, uh, I'm a member of, um, the lodge that Jamie's a worshipful master of, uh, Ascension 89 in Phoenix. And, um, night start my, I experienced started off with being blindfolded at, at, uh, Jake's house and riding, riding to the lodge blindfolded, you know, right way um, and quiet being brought into the lodge with the sound of, music playing and the smell of incense and being brought into a chamber of reflection where I was there for about an hour. Um, that, that started, that was my, the first thing I saw was, you know, the, the blindfold coming off and I'm in the chamber of reflection and, uh, and it, it's long enough to kind of get past the initial, Oh, wow. And, and start really taking in what those symbols are and, and kind of what you're there to think about and, and you're, you write, you know, you write some, you answer some uh, pointed questions about, about life. And uh, so that really kind of put me in right headspace for what was to come next. Um, that was good preparation. And you got to tell the story about the pen because that's almost. Oh, okay. Good. All right. All right. So, you know, there, you have to write, you know, and so uh, an ink quill and an, an oil, an ink well, you know, and, and I start writing and runs out he said when i when they brought me in there you know if, if you need anything there's a brother outside the door and so i thought am i am i supposed to ask for help is this like part of it you know <laughs> am i being <laughs> tested I'm, like, yeah. so I'm, I'm supposed to like have humility and ask for help okay i think i got this you know so i i knock and the guy the guy opens up and i'm like yeah the, the pens the pens dry he's like oh okay and he gives me another pen and i sit down and i start to write the pen goes dry and I'm like, wow, these guys are good. <laughs> and I really thought it was, you know, because this it, is spiritual it, if, if hell. Think, if, if yeah, if you think of all the symbols that are within a chamber of reflection, you know, you you've got this the the the, the sand in the hourglass. You've got this this candle that's burning down, you know, to 
to, to become extinguished. It's like it fits. So it kind of felt like it kind of belonged, you know, and then, then they gave me another pen. So I actually went through like three pens on my, <laughs> either part of it or they're going to think I'm a problem child. <laughs> when the, so did you, did you have any background prior to, I mean, as far as spiritualism or, or esoterics I, or anything like that? Yeah, I, uh, I'm def definitely would consider myself like a, a seeker. You know, I, I was, I would say I was spiritual, but in a way that I can, um, in a way that any like conventional religion satisfied. And so that was kind of part of my, my reason of, of searching out masonry was I, I thought, you know, I think there might be answers here. At least there might be kind of doorways there that, that might lead to kind of what I'm looking for. And, and, um, Interesting. I was actually listening to the Whence Came You podcast, and that's how I found mm -hmm. Jamie. I, I was listening to Whence Came You, and this guy, Jamie Lamb, was on um, talking about his book, Myth, Magic, and Masonry. And, and then he said he was in Phoenix, and I was like, oh, I got to find this guy. And so, oh, no, I, you know what, Pat? You're, you know what's even better than that is you're – didn't you visit Rex Hutchins like 10 years ago downtown? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had – my oh, first right. mason I ever met was um, was the, the, the grand – the head of the Grand Lodge, I guess. He of, was the of, Grand Master at the time. Arizona. And I, I had reached out to him because I didn't know any Masons. And I met up with him. And um, he, Rich Hudson was the first Mason that I ever met. Um, and it was one of those things where uh, I realized after I talked to him at the time, I just didn't have at the right space. You know, I wasn't, it wasn't the right moment for me. But I always kind of promised that I'd come back to it and, uh, did you know and it's been an amazing experience and it's 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 i find it a, a deeply spiritual experience i don't think it's it's not a religion i wouldn't say but i would say it's definitely um helped me explore that and what i love about our lodge is that everybody kind of comes from a different place you know um if you were to take a spiritual sort of uh uh we would be all over the place and mm -hmm. that's what makes the conversations interesting and because everyone's kind of coming from a different vantage point and um that's that's one of the reasons i'm there can i ask how long uh, has okay. everyone been a freemason I'm, st I'm still a fellow craft i i become a master mason probably in the next couple months all right all right awesome uh, just over 10 now that's awesome. Right yeah, and Jake? I'm uh, somewhere be between eight and nine. There you go. That's some good numbers there. How about you guys? I think you're, yeah. you're, you're about the longest, aren't you, James? How long are you? I believe 17 years. Oh, damn. Wow. 17 years. I'm like right at 15 or 16 myself. Yeah. yeah. I'm the youngest. I'm at seven. I was going to join when I was 18, but uh, I had in some encouragement to do so. My grandfather was a, a Freemason, but I uh, decided not to. But uh, those six years went to extensive, heavy studying of the occult uh, world. And so when I joined, I'm like, man, it's all this stuff right here. And they're like, whoa, whoa, we can't talk about that yet. I'm out. I'm <laughs> out, guy. Yeah. yeah. Where were you? <laughs> were you raised in Pedro? Uh, no, I was raised at Torrance University Lodge. Oh, okay. South in the morning, too. It was freezing really early in the morning with the sun actually we did it super early in the morning it was really awesome so we actually rose with the sun 
Um, wow. It was, yeah, it was, it was, I, I will say it was beautiful. Uh, talk about square work and stuff. These guys were on point. These guys had won um, the foot, the, the footwork uh, championship, the whole floor work, uh, floor work. Yeah. Yeah. These guys were yeah, very the, uh, spot on ritual competition. Yeah. When we do floor work, they would be like, you are off by like an inch. I'm like, excuse me. They, they, they won a bunch of years of yeah. ritual competition. Yeah. Torrance. They were, they were definitely really good on there. Mm-hmm. They were on point on their, on their ritual. That's for sure. So I was definitely blessed. I actually, seeing that, you know, I, I don't know if I ever told you, James, but I actually did like six months of Demolay at Torrance University when I was like thirteen years old. When my pops was uh, when my pops was going through Monita Lodge in Gardena, yeah. and that was my that was my background. So I grew up, I grew up with my dad getting involved in masonry. He um, he worked with uh, he worked with a cat at a a machine shop in Torrance that was a mason and uh, him and his best friend both went and visited the lodge and decided to petition. And so they, they joined and my pops, um, my pops went really quickly through the, through the line and, and became master within like a couple of years of, of, of being raised. And so, you know, I was like, 12 years old when when dad was taking his his uh installation pictures at lodge you know i've got the uh i've got the pinstripe suit as a little kid you know so that was that was my background and i was like you know i hung out with all these with with all of these these older guys and and just the the ladies at at my dad's lodge would always would always gather and hang out outside of the lodge room and play cards and and talk and chat or whatever the kids were all running around and exploring places and so like i knew as a young kid that someday i wanted to be involved in this it felt good it felt like it felt like a family it felt like it felt like people that cared for each other. You know, my mom grew up as, as one of eight kids and I had lots of cousins and I knew what the big family thing felt like. And so this felt like a really cool, great family. And I was like, someday, someday I'm going to go down this path. And that was, that was my aspect of it. And when my youngest son turned like two or three years old, I was pushing 40 and I said, I think it's time. Um, me personally, I, I mean, the only, the only kind of spirit, I was pretty much like you guys, like I had the spiritualism thing. I was, I, I had background in some religion growing up, but it wasn't for me. I was more along the line of, I think something's out there that's absolutely something bigger than me in this world, but I don't know how to describe that. I don't know how to how to go and figure that type of thing out. So um, I didn't have, I didn't have the esoterics about the only thing that I had, which, which I always attribute to starting me on my spiritual journey was the books of Carlos Castaneda. When my daughter was really young, my first one, when I was about 20 years old, I was reading all of Carlos Castaneda's books and I was just enthralled with this, magical world that he was painting in his books 
And that was the beginning for me. That that was the point where I knew that I needed to be on some kind of path. And so then at some point, like I said, 20 years after that-ish, um, I got involved with masonry. And when I got involved with masonry, I was not in look I was not dealing with any of the esoterics. Wasn't wasn't familiar with this with, you know, alchemy and wasn't familiar with hermeticism or or tarot or or astrology. Astrology a little bit, but most of that stuff definitely not to the point of that this path has taken me down. And so along the way, finding these things just becomes almost like puzzle pieces that just continue to paint the picture of this spiritual journey. And, um, you know, guys like you are uh, helping me along the way. So, Likewise, brother, yeah. So, James, yeah, how about your journey, Mike? <clears throat> oh, oh, you want to jump on me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Jump on you. Yeah. Come on, come on. I'll, We're all I'll, talking I'll about our go. journeys. Oh, let's okay. go, Mike. Okay. Well, um, mine was a little different. Um, I came in with very little knowledge, right? And when I was shown the lodge and I was shown all this symbolism, I was very, very curious. And of course, you start to. I started researching right away. I started looking at things and found a lot of uh, occultism, right? There was a lot of symbolism and, and I started getting into um, <clears throat> more books that led down different rabbit holes. When I went through my degrees, um, I was kind of wait, hoping for more. And I did get that with the brothers around me. Uh, they were able to sit me down and say, okay, this is what this means. And this is where this came from. And this is why we do this. And things started to make sense. And my thing was, why aren't we talking about this? And then I shortly, right afterwards, once we started doing keepers and we started doing this stuff right here, we figured out why we figured out that, you know, some of some people Pushback. just don't want to talk about these kind of things. And Talk about the Kabbalah, the alchemy, the, the sacred geometry, all the stuff that happens in ritual, right? Because that's what it is. For me, um, I, feel, I feel my spiritual journey was more of a trying to learn as much as I can from as many different paths. And I know I'm never going to finish, which is great. I'm okay with that. I My, my mission now is to make sure that any brothers coming in who are seeking more to get it, you know, um, through our ritual, through talking, through, uh, maybe some episodes in our show, whatever, you know, whatever education, that, that may be. right? Yeah. Some education. Then, then if they want to go deeper, if they want to go further down, you know, that's where I introduced them to, to James, right? James is the expert when it comes to, uh, the occult and those, and those parts of the, those topics, right? So now I, I feel, I feel this this journey is just spreading out for me. It's spreading out because I've had a lot of people reach out and say, "Hey, you know, you guys are doing great work. You guys are are spreading the word um, that we're keeping." <laughs> so so much to say, right? But um, wait a minute, that's where you got the name of the the podcast, <laughs> Keepers of the Word. Well, Ron came up with that. Um, 
then it started to we, we we decided hey let's let's do a show and here we are right about three years later um a lot of ups and downs but more ups than down and i think we're we're on a really good path and i feel this channel has really opened up a lot for me spiritually because i'm talking to a guy i look look up to jamie right here who's the author of myth magic and masonry approaching the middle chamber and i'm talking to you right now like face to face i'm trying not to geek out trust me well we've been <laughs> we've had phone calls before and we've texted before i mean we've been, we're in regular contact i think yeah. all of that stuff is kind of worn off in both directions i i think we're friends and you guys you know you guys have been doing great work with this podcast and everything and it's like uh you know and us we've been doing tria prima out here in arizona and you know yeah it's it's interesting man to hear everybody's different paths and why we converge on this sort of thing and then you know with it with the tendency so much lately to be you know so much more than even five years ago let's say to, right. to have some of the younger cats coming in and and really be interested in you know maybe i think there's a renaissance going on yeah, for sure. That right for there. sure. Anyone? I feel it in Phoenix. It's it's happening all over. I I feel that there's a lot of there's a lot of there's this golden age of Masonic talk shows right now, right? Where you have all these different flavors, and each one has their own little thing, and it's great because whatever somebody comes in wanting, they have now. There's there's a flavor for you, you know. And I feel if we were able to work together and you know support our craft in this way, then we're doing it a service. Mm. Yeah. Right. No, I agree. No, it's, um, it's, I think it's essential to have uh, all sorts of conversations ab about Freemasonry, peer into Freemasonry from, from all different angles. Um, I don't know. I don't know that anything has been such a wonder. You know, what's been the most, spiritual aspect of freemasonry for me actually um was was our project of ascension lodge and bringing that to fruition and then uh, uh initiating guys like pat pat was our second initiate and um that's the most the most spiritual thing i've ever done within the context of freemasonry was put something together that was unlike anything you know that any of its constituent founders had ever experienced that is awesome and that that's that's what brought that lodge together really because it was a bunch of guys that had never that some of some of them including myself were just kind of hanging on by a thread to the craft you know just just kind of upset generally with the the uh, the feel of masonry and um the, the general uh, sort of lackadaisical Agrigor, if you will, of the of the craft. Maybe that's not the best word, but um, so it's thank God, you know, we all uh, found each other to put something together because I think the the most again the most spiritual thing for me was seeing seeing this the sum of all these little parts get put together and this amazing uh, experience come to fruition for this the time now that we're talking about this this 
sort of renaissance that we're that we're having with respect to the kind of the new generation of of uh spiritually inclined or esoterically inclined masons. modern freemasonry yeah for sure mm-hmm. so it just made sense it worked out it worked out um, what, what i hear what, what what i heard again and again and again after my first and second degree were brothers coming up saying that was the the degree i wish i had you yeah. know yeah that's that's the experience i wish i would have had and they had just put that on for me you know on um moving well hearing your hearing your story about how you first had your hoodwink removed in the chamber of reflection i can i can concur and say the exact same thing i wish that would have been my experience in masonry because although my experience was my experience and it was unique and it was cool i mean that probably would have definitely put me in a totally different mindset as far as the beginnings of a spiritual journey within Freemasonry. And I think you're very fortunate that these guys have decided within this renaissance. And I think that's a great thing about this renaissance. This renaissance of, of modern Freemasonry is is allowing exactly the the feeling and the the intent of what masonry started as as a as an opportunity for free thinkers to come together and and not have to worry about you know being shunned because of some idea that they have and if this new group of men want to create a new lodge that has a different you know, a different drive, a different intent, a different energy to create this, this, you know, spiritual journey, this, this esoteric occult type of beginning for, for new Masons that are hungry for it. And to not have people that, which we're still going to have it, we're, we're going to get the kickback, the, the, the naysayers and the poo-pooers and you know we were talking about that earlier kind of thing but to still be able to have those certain individuals that want this and are passionate enough to make it happen to allow someone like yourself to get that opportunity to have the experience you have i'm jealous it definitely makes me you know, looking forward to my moment when I can go and do the same for the next guy, you know? Definitely. You definitely pay it forward. That is for sure. And you've done that, Pat, because something we do at Ascension is when we, um, when we initiate an EA, let's say part of their sort of advancement project, we call it, is that they have to learn a component of that ritual. So, Pat, what did you learn? The apron or the no, no, working I did, tools? I, I did the working tools. Yeah, the first the first EA degree that I witnessed, I participated in, and I got to do the working tools. Yeah, so we immediately set it up to where they're like, they're doing the part of the next guy's work, you know? They're and asked immediate, to work. Yeah, immediate, like, engagement. So that's kind of helpful, I think. That's Jamie. awesome. We have yeah, a, a question here, feel? guys. We have a question from Mike, from Michael, uh, 
Michael Samu, 77. Do you brothers feel like masonry will, would improve by going back to the mouth and ear method? Less reliance on the cipher so the old and new generation would grow closer. Man, I've gone back and forth on this, but I, sh- I should let I think we need both. Out. Yeah, maybe certain, like like the way that we sometimes have it, if there's... Uh, I th- I think it's the California ritual. I know in Connecticut ritual, the obligation and certain other parts, like the second half of the third degree, I think some of that is in cipher as well, whereas some of it's just you, you could read it down in regular English, right? But some of it's in cipher, so you kind of have to work with a mentor. And is, is that kind of uh, what you were saying, James, is that it's kind of... Yeah, like, I mean... I, I actually uh, know this brother here. He was at one of our socials, and we were having a conversation pretty much on, on something very similar. Um, you know, just to answer this, I, I would say, for, at least from my perspective, we need both. You know, you have to have the mouth-to-ear method uh, has to be instilled. I mean, that's how you pass a charge. That's how somebody's going to end up learning. But this, the fellow craft or EA, whoever is, you know, whatever degree you're, you're doing, you have to do the work at home by yourself. Like, you know, I can't tell you how many nights I stood in front of a mirror you know, doing this over and over and over and over and over and reading something that I had, you know, when I first looked at it, I'm like, there's no way I can read this thing, man. It's like alien language, you know, and, and then, and then you get it and then you see it. That's how I did mine. Staring at myself in the mirror. Staring at the mirror, man. Do some mirror work, huh? No. What Jake was starting to say about going back and forth on it. I, I, I understand that and I feel it because, uh, like I said, as a kid, I saw my dad. And back in those days, there was, they didn't get cipher. The, the candidates didn't get a little piece of paper that they were supposed to memorize whatever and try to figure out what the cipher meant. They didn't even know there was a cipher. They didn't know there was a book. They had a dude that they were supposed to go hook up with and meet however often they needed to meet, and he would tell it them the words they needed to say in their in his ear and he would repeat it back to them and so that's that's the old mouth the ear method and that's the that is the method that you know the transmission of 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 mystery schools of of magic the the transmission from past energies has happened so i don't know maybe i i and i when when Jake said that he goes back and forth on this, I, I kind of agree with that because there's a certain level of that transmission that ha- that happens differently when it's strictly mouth to ear, when you don't even know that you're working by, when you're not supposed to be working by there's yourself. There's literally a current that's passed. Correct. Exactly. Yeah, I think, exactly. I think the, the greater meta issue, if you will, is um, rote memorization versus actually knowing the content or, or right. diving into what's going on. So I, I think probably Pat can even attest to this, right? We have a cipher manuscript and, and we do this memorization work. And so whether you're learning mouth to ear or you're learning from a cipher or from a book, let's even kind of go beyond Masonic ritual and just say, you know, with respect to it's more uh, potentially esoteric aspects. Whenever we dive into something, we read about it, we learn about it. There's some people that that like to absorb a bunch of material just to kind of like spew it back out to kind of be the the guru know it all sort of folk. And then there's um 
someone that actually someone that actually dives into the material and tries to understand it on a on a then those are the mysteries like capital M right kind of diving into the mysteries of of what's going on and i think that same mentality for me at least applies with with learning uh blue lodge craft masonry at its core whether it's a charge or a lecture or uh learning the mass you know how to open and close and obligate as a master or uh you, memorizing your obligation whether it's mouth to ear or you've learned from a cipher i think what's more important is um actually doing the work capital w actually trying to discover some of the hidden mysteries of freemasonry that are in there not just not just memorizing words whether it was passed to you mouth to ear or you learned it from a cipher i don't know how you guys your magnum opus the great work right yeah you gotta dive in do you feel yeah. <clears throat> that to a new candidate coming in, that somebody should take them aside and talk about, hey, this is related to alchemy, this is related to Kabbalah, this is related to sacred geometry? I don't do you think feel, so. You feel, okay, so you don't, why, why do you not think so? I think uh, especially when someone is <clears throat> such uh, a newly made Mason, and I think that that extends all the way you know, beyond your master Mason degree, beyond your raising. When someone's such a fresh Mason, um, I'd rather them sort of organically find their way. I mean, that's, that seems like a more, because they're going to ask questions. If they're into that stuff, they're going to find the Jamie Lambs. They're going to be listening to the podcasts. They're going to seek stuff like this out, right? I don't know that it's necessarily important to sort of say, hey, Right now, you should dig into the three stages of alchemy, or now you need to dive right into this some occult theme. Uh, whether whether or not it's true to me is, um, or the relationship that sort of hermetic relationship or a sympathetic relationship is actually there or not doesn't matter. I think an organic discovering of the mysteries is is a more uh, is is more conducive of a of a sort of a natural path within Freemasonry. But it's great conversations, too. Yeah, I think inevitably a bunch of guys are going to tell you what to look into, though. Right. So I think it should definitely be done I... after the third degree, at least. That way they can kind of just soak in just Freemasonry. And then they can kind of get a little more elaboration a little bit later on. Exactly. I agree with you, James. Like, Because uh, there's people who come to the craft because they're interested in history. There's people who come to the craft for fraternity. for uh, They're interested in... like operative geometry i've seen that before you know mm -hmm. actual architects and things like that people who are into architecture people who are into you know all these other things that certainly fit within our purview of the craft you know they're mm -hmm. into you know traveling to europe and visiting chart and all these cathedrals and things like that and you know and and all these things kind of overlap you know despite the fact like let's say william preston yes he was a member of the kabbalah club in london like that i think we know for sure but did you know did he ever really talk about it to anybody or was it something that was openly talked about in the in you know the his lodge of ancients or whatever you know i don't i'm not sure i guess we don't know that not having minutes or anything or even like ashmole or something like yeah he was this royal society guy and mm -hmm. he was uh he was an alchemist or at least a 
collector of alchemical codices, but did they actually sit in some tavern and like draw chalk, you know? Uh, yeah, we'll never know. We'll never know, you know, but uh, so it's like, it's like, I think to Jake's point, you know, um, let them come in and let them kind of find their way because we found that certain people like in our lodge, I think uh, in our lodge, there's maybe Jake and I are the only ones who are really nuts about astrology. Um, There's, I think uh, there's a couple who are interested in alchemy vaguely, you know, everybody's kind of got their own thing. And then there's other guys who are in there for, you know, a couple of military guys are in they're excellent Freemasons. Artists, yeah. Yeah. They're great Freemasons. Yeah. And they're all, you know, they're totally Freemasons and they don't have to be Eliphas Levy or something. And they're giving lectures. They're doing educations. I mean we've we've had even our most recent education was was done by a brother of ours who is a lawyer and he did it on physics. You know, he did it on theoretical physics and the implications. So it's, I don't need, I don't know that you need to just immediately kick someone towards the, uh, occulty stuff, you know, it's cool. Reason, you know, I, the only reason I'm asking, yeah, because you know, how there's, there's this misconception of what Freemasonry is, right. And especially to somebody new coming through that, that might be kind of not understanding what everything is. Mm-hmm. If you were to point them in a direction and say, okay, this is what this is, right. And this is all I'm going to give you but this is what this is. This is where it comes from. And this is where it originated. Then we're giving history and education and we're kind of taking the F word out of occultism. That's the only yeah. reason, you know? Yeah. I think it's definitely important to sort of, um, as, as you know, Jamie might put as like de- kind of demystify that the, the occultists or maybe not demystify, but I, I agree with that. Mike so, Maybe there is uh, sort of an importance right now. Certain to certain situations, erect. right? Yeah. Well, I, I think that, that it's relevant to try to to try to kind of put put away some of the misconceptions about occultism, or you know what it, what that might mean, what the implications of that are with it, within the craft, um, because because there does there does seem to be kind of two generations in masonry right now. Correct. Um, you know, and uh, one, one, I would say the younger, this, the generation we're talking about earlier, you know, those younger generations just get into this stuff for the more spiritual aspect. Um, for the it, DMT? It the DMT? The, the handout the with pancakes? For the, <laughs> for the adrenal chrome harvesting. Don't worry about DMT. it. That's on the list of topics. <laughs> yeah. You, um it's. I think you're right, though, Mike. It might be important to sort of uh, right any wrongs in ter- in terms of the misconceptions of what occultism means. We did an episode on that really early on. You know, I think we we had a a pot, pat. Was it a, called? Uh, does the word occult um, trigger you? I think it was. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so we have an. I get excited. Yeah. You know, seriously though, Mike, I've been thinking about this, especially once when we were talking just a minute ago when when Jamie was asking about the the history of keepers of the word and and really Jamie, the the way that I came up when I very first started thinking about this, I was really really bummed because my 
my old lodge had a library upstairs that was being used as a storage room. And it had some really, really cool works that were just forgotten, just left behind, dusty. And there was stuff like like Manly P. Hall book up there. And there was all this really, really cool literature. And I thought, this is so sad. We need someone who is a keeper of the word, someone who will take these these works of of philosophy and and literature and and history and and protect them and and pass them on to the future generations of masons that are going to come through this lodge so this so that was kind of the that was kind of the basic thought of getting keepers of the word rolling but really where I was going to go with this to you Mike is that you know when we when, when we say well, what should we, what should we, what information should we be pushing to the new candidates? I think what really helped get our Keepers of the Word podcast rolling and this concept of wanting to dispel misconceptions was, I mean, for me, I remember spending nights, we would have pub nights at our lodge and the guys that would just flock together to talk about some of the most obscure whatever i mean whether we were talking about ufo's or whether we were talking about you know some type of something really really deep and whether we had had lots of whiskey or something else you know i mean what whatever the impetus was but the guys that the guys that were really really interested in whatever topic that was was going that night and sometimes it would go till 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning where we were just hanging out and enjoying each other's company and enjoying philosophizing about whatever topic or going down a rabbit hole or something like that. And I think, I think for me, that was, that was just, it was great times. It was, it was, and, and that was kind of a a driving fact. It was a total spirit. It was really, really the spiritual aspect of Freemasonry that I was digging. You you create the spirituality in Freemasonry. That's another important point, I think, at least from my perspective, is that you right. sort of impregnate Freemasonry with your own spirituality. It's not something you you dig up. You know, I might have thought that a while ago, years ago, when I was kind of first getting into this stuff. But now, my my perspective is more of of I love hearing you talk about that because. Every aspect of Freemasonry can be spiritual. It's up to you. Right. That's what we all wanted, right? We all wanted to hang out with people we could have these kind of conversations with, you know, in like-minded person. people. I did. Mm-hmm. I did. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, this is spiritual. Yeah, I don't... I, for, spirituality isn't one, one, like, piece of Freemasonry, you know? Um, Building you go into. I think, yeah, I think a, the big part of... of um, or the, a big aspect of the formation of Ascension Lodge was how can we how can we extract as much potential? Um, well, well, I don't know. Looking at this is a different way, but um, how can we find as much potential like spiritual stuff in this in this grade work or this degree work rather? And um, 
there's my uh, Freudian slip from other groups gr- calling it grade work, <laughs> degree work. Uh, <laughs> but we we really tried to make everything spiritual about the lodge, rather. Than so let's talk about one- let's talk about that great work. Go ahead and go ahead yeah, and talk, tell yeah. us about that. I mean, that's part of your spiritual journey. My ears perked. The the great work. Well, I don't. Oh, you That's, said the grade. Gr- grade. Oh, grade work. Yeah. Grade work. Um, yeah. yeah, there's other stuff, you know. <laughs> <laughs> there's uh, other stuff. No. Gotcha. But um, none of it's ne- necessary. I think I think the Blue Lodge has everything you need to to find a, a nice. If you're one of those Masons that I think is a, lo- a lo- like a lot of us. You know, maybe not necessarily the most. I don't, Pat, I don't remember. Pat, we're, you came into masonry sort of like me, right? Not really associated with any specific faith, just sort of had a general kind of yeah, idea. I think, yeah, I came in with this idea of like conventional religion, like like conventional Christianity or going to a conventional church just didn't really like rub me the right way. And I was kind of looking for something more. I knew there was something that wasn't satisfied with the answers that I was getting. And so I was kind of on my own exploratory path, kind of looking at different things. And, and, uh, that's kind of what led me there. And, um, uh, it, it, to, to kind of a little bit, I, I, I think the, uh, it's it's the it's the conversations that you have with the other guys and the questions that you have. I mean, that's why our podcast started in the first place is Jamie, Jake and I were getting together for lunch and I had a lot of questions, you know, about all sorts of different stuff. And we would have these like hour long talks that were like really that were fascinating. We thought were interesting and we were like, we should just do a podcast about this. Yeah. It, and that's where our podcast, if you heard our podcast, that's what it is. I ask questions and they give answers. So it's a nice dyna- uh, dynamic, though. I do like that. I do listen to you guys' podcasts at work. Yeah, so, um, I, and I, I, those are my favorite, some of my favorite parts of Lodge is when I go and, and you, you end up asking, asking a, a brother a question about, about the ritual or about a symbol or something. And, um, well, why is this? And, and then you get this kind of detailed answer and how he, he, how he perceives it. Cause he may become his interpretation interpretation. Cause we all kind of have our own interpretation for some of that stuff. I'm kind of so, on something from like five minutes ago, we were talking about the imbuing spirituality into the, into the craft. Like, I don't know, man, like, um, I'm, I feel like I don't want to be contrarian and I don't want to get like canceled by you guys about it. But <laughs> no, like, let's I, do this. I feel let's like canceled. Do this. I, f- I feel like, um, I feel like the spirituality is in the work itself. I feel like everything other than our ritual and our body of symbol, like we have this body of symbolism and we have this, these, this suite of three rituals that we do and an allegory culminating in this you know history play this allegory and that stuff is there and it is an intact edifice and everything we say or everything you know that pike Mackey, oliver uh 
Rex Hutchins, um, my stuff, I've written everything that anybody's ever written about that is all just merely commentary, right? So this, the structure is there. And this, this sort of correlates with a paradigm shift that I had that began like maybe two, three years ago and kindly, kind of finally uh, uh, has tipped, right? So, and that paradigm shift is that I believe that the, the talk about spirituality, I mean, this is the essence of spirituality. I believe that the cosmos is imbued with spirit. And if the cosmos has an anima mundi, uh, you know, the soul of the world, and if that anima mundi permeates the cosmos and it is imminent, and it's not some psychological projection that I'm, you know, shooting out like rays, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, I don't have to be there, you know what I mean? Like, that is objectively real outside of my existence because three years ago, four years ago, five years ago, I would have been like, oh, this is just a projection of my psyche and my solipsistic worldview and all this Kantian stuff and like how, you know, I'm making sense of the universe and magic is purely psychological. And I even thought that when I, you know, you can see flavors of that in my first book. I totally don't believe that anymore. You know, my whole thing has like blown up and changed. And um, you transmutated. Do you yes. think so the, so to finish in the that, absence of well just to finish yeah. that point real quick is like I don't think that it takes us to imbue Freemasonry with spirit. I think that spirit that we can tap into that transmission, that current through the mm. through that body of work. Like the same way we've talked about this, I know we've talked about this before and I think and I think Pike alluded to it when he said that he he approached Freemasonry and he found it standing there in mute testimony of mm-hmm. the majesty that it was. And even though nobody was around to sort of witness that for X amount of time before he discovered it in disrepair you know, according to his kind of mm-hmm. thing. And, and we've always talked about it. I've had this discussion with so many Masons. Um, if, free, if, if Freemasonry was um, left alone for a hundred years with only people who wrotely memorized all their parts and they handed forward an intact edifice, there were, even if a hundred years went by without anybody thinking esoteric or spiritually or occulty about it, it still would retain that germ in it and then one guy would would come back and be like holy shit this is mm-hmm. this is the payload this actually has everything still as long as the work is intact but it, it is can it not survive the guy? I, I second that is it not the guy though it is it not the the at least the one conscious uh entity that that experiences that edifice well, I think it's a meeting point. Freemasonry. I, I, a okay. I think that it, he is educated enough to witness that and to actually see that and to translate that into what it is. Like what, what he's saying is that you leave it for a hundred years and all the spirituality, all the occult, everything that's in there will remain intact. But it takes somebody to see it with eyes. I would prefer that it would be taught afterwards or educated or just talked about afterwards not during ritual or anything but in masonic education 
that's what I aim for is Masonic education. So when you do have brothers who come up and go, hey, man, like, am I tripping or does this kind of look like this or is this what they kind of mean for this? That there's a, a school, like a school of thought that they can go and be taught that everybody would agree on. Like, this is what this is. This is what the, you know, the two lines in the circle. This is what this thing is. This is what that is, you know, and all these things that are there that are left so widely open and almost shunned to kind of uh, to put your spit on it. But just to have Masonic education after the the uh, degrees, maybe after the third degree, you know, when, the, when he retains everything. As long as it doesn't devolve into Masonic indoctrination, you know what I mean. As long mm-hmm. as we're not, as long as we're not molding anybody to to correct perceive it in any particular manner that other than you know because there's some subjectivity about it right like you can't really explain uh say the hieramic tragedy to somebody you can't really explain that cycle to somebody a because we're not supposed to talk about it correct but b you can't that's so experiential and it's so subjective Mm -hmm. you have to like that that's the mystery capital m right you have to you have to internalize that that epic right there to understand what was going on and how how that relates to us as men and that becomes very universal and what i was going to what i was going to say is that that was a great description Jamie of what you were talking about as far as the spirit and spiritualism within Freemasonry. It's kind of a, a very Kabbalistic mentality that that there is source and that we're just another player in all of the source and, and Masonry is is kind of has a piece of that source. And exactly like you said, if you left it alone for a hundred years, which is is a very different aspect from what some people think. Some people think Masonry is is dying and that that unless it can be revived or brought back or we breathe life into it, it's it's gonna go away. But that that's that's an interesting way to look at it because if if you do look at it from that perspective really of it being Freemason. Yeah, that it that it has the spirit it's it's part of the source and, and we're just and I guess that's that's our spiritual journey, our our whether we're looking for dissension or ascension to get back to that source um that's what the individual that wants to find the capital m mystery within freemasonry that's his journey because you know what not everyone does that's for sure you know there's there's plenty of guys that like you said that they're they're either you know they're guys that are involved in in whatever they're they're business guys or they they want those pancake breakfasts or they want they want the camaraderie or they're military guys they're used to being with a a group of men that they can form bonds with but for those of us that are on the spiritual journey it's it's definitely it's a way of looking at it interestingly so which is cool though to have those mundane to have those kind of you know your pancake breakfast guy your fraternalism guy who's Mm -hmm. you know maybe militaristic or whatever anybody who wants that structure and regalia and you know all the things we do or a title chaser quote unquote or whatever Mm -hmm. i mean as long as they as long as they 
know the ritual, as long as they're able to carry it forward, kind of unfucked with, you know, mm-hmm. as long as they're able to really like and it makes them better. All the stuff, yeah, it makes them better, and plus, it's again pushing forward an intact edifice that somebody can one day come to and find the, the inherent I think that, value. I, I think that spirit, that's anima mundi that you're talking about, Jamie, is not. I think we have to have a conversation about definitions right now. Yeah, that's well, a whole nother show, man, because that'll get yeah. so deep. Well, no, it's important. It's important but it is very important. Because I think the sort of presupposition of, of the episode or the implicit um, idea that was uh, kind of in the title, the spiritual journey in Freemasonry is not the same um, anima mundi, if you will, the spirit of masonry that Jamie's talking about. And I think we were, I think we're talking about two different things, and that, that both relevant and important. Because I don't disagree. I, I, I think, I don't think anyone would disagree that if an intact edifice went through multiple generations of uh, knife and fork masons or whatever, that that it would those mysteries, capital M, could be found on the other end of that. You know, I think I think we just I think we just found the topic that we need to talk about when we do your guys's show. What, What, like, what the hell is spirituality? No, but I think, Uh, yeah, the 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 spirit of yeah, there's the spirit of Freemasonry, and there's the spiritualism or the spirituality that you spiritual journey put back the the journeyer, yeah. And it's and I the, think, uh, the subject-object thing. So, like, you – I understand what you're saying. You were kind of going with the subjective thing that the that the experiencer kind of yes. gets out of it. And then there's the, the objective kind of anima mundi deal and the interfaces in, during ritual. Yes. And, right. So, yeah. It's just, and, and when I was saying I didn't want to be contrary, I guess I was saying I just want to look at it from the other side of that as well and realize that we are in our spiritualism, our, you know, voluntary spiritual, you know, the spiritualism that is, you know, uh, by our, on our volition, right, as individual Masons, meets with a greater body, you know, a, a greater body that has its own objectivity, no, mm-hmm. and then there's an interface, and that's the transmission, right? That's the whole current that we tap into, you know. And yeah. maybe, maybe every Freemason, I'm not sure. I can't really. Nobody could say that for anybody else, but there is a, a center of sort of a locus of magical power there, right? And we can we can tap into that, you know, or we could not, I guess, you know. And is it and you know, I don't know if anybody's necessarily qualified to be like, oh, I, I totally did, but that guy didn't. You know what I mean? Or he's totally missing the point. Or, you know, he's got yeah, a screwy idea. How do you, how do you gauge who has the best antenna for mm-hmm. the uh, egregore of Freemasonry? It's so <laughs> it's arrogant, yeah, right? That's a battle that will never be won. It absolutely is arrogant. Who should be the judge and jury right, of right. who's having the best Freemasonic journey? You know, it, to but each his own. Like, that's 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 what a spiritual journey is, right? But it's yeah. just ahead, like Mike. like James said. I'm I'm James. Uh, Jamie said earlier. We don't want to, you know, have a, a degree mill where we're just putting out people who 
you know, just think that they're better than everybody else because they're Masons. You know, that's that's not the point. You know, um, we we don't want to do that. What we want to do is we want to be able to bring people in and make them better than they were yesterday, better than themselves, right? You know, that's the that's the whole point uh, to be a better version Absolutely. of yourself. Yeah, making good men better. It's mm-hmm. true. That is the key. It's the point. And I feel we're we're always going to be working on that. That's not something that you just reach a certain level. Oh, I'm a 33rd. I guess I, I'm the best now. No, that doesn't, yeah. that, right. that doesn't work that way. <laughs> done it. I'm done. I'm out of here, guys. Yeah. I'm done. Next. Yeah. I, I feel we'll, we'll, we're all going to be forever students in this. And forever. The, good, the cool thing is, is we get to pass this down. We get to pass it down and give that experience to somebody else, right? And that's the true gift for us. The, the, where the gratuity comes in, right? Where I'm fucking grateful as hell now because I was able to give this guy an awesome degree and he, he's like crying at the end of it, you know? So yeah. that's what we look forward to. And I feel that the, the resurgence yep. is now. Right now we're seeing that. We're More seeing, than ever. Seeing a lot of brothers, like like you guys put it, put it on for Shanahan right here. Pat, he had something that everybody else didn't, you know? Um, same thing with, with uh, our brother Brian. You know, he had a different experience than we did. And I, I feel us being able to give that experience is, even though I didn't get it, you know, I was able to live it through him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so props to the MRF and to AMRI and Andrew Hammer's work and uh, Cliff mm-hmm. Porter's work and all these people who over the past several years, right, have been, have been you know, at least giving custodial ideas to yes. how we can heighten the Masonic experience and you know codifying that and and coming up with these mrf symposia and things all over the country i mean i could tell you that our lodge wouldn't be you know sean Iyer, he's another one um oh yeah he's really contributed so much to the restoration this restorative sort of freemasonry and and um there's so many names that you could shout out right now um yes you know chuck doning you know, lots of people who are really doing imbuing the craft with this sort of solemnity and this seriousness and this, you know, a, a newer sense of how to, um, you know, get the depth of experience out of it. I really think mm. the, the whole knife and fork and esoterics need to, like, come into one where you have a breakfast and a lecture or something. You know what I mean? Like. A dinner lecture yeah. type of thing, but make it make it fun for for everybody, you know, and and get the old guys involved, the guys who don't know, and they're looking at this like, uh, no, nah, I don't, no, come check it out, so that way you can see what this really is, and you can feel what you know what our brothers wanted, you know, hundreds of years ago. This this is why I mean, it was do built. You, do you feel it though when you go to lodge? I I don't necessarily feel any dissonance, I, and I don't feel like. I'm a different kind of, you know, I'm some sort of hyphenated Freemason, you know, I'm an esoteric or observant or something like that. You know, I don't like to hyphenate Freemason. We're, we're all doing regular, work. you know, Blue Lodge Freemasonry. Mm-hmm. It's the regular craft lodge, right? Right. And, and whether somebody's, you know, your typical Fred Flintstone lunchbox guy or whatever, right, um, it's like, you know, I don't feel that dissonance in lodge like mm-hmm. you know it's so rare to to feel like some guy's burning a hole through your head because he knows you're into tarot cards or something like that. <laughs> right i mean i i just don't really get that feeling well even from, 
You know, in certain lodges, I have felt that. Right. Especially in our mother lodge that we felt that a lot. And uh, now where I'm at, where I'm at now, no, not at all. They're totally open to that. They're traditional observance. So no, not at all. But in our previous lodge where, where we all met and came from, you know, as, as Ron was saying, we, we would, we would have to remove ourselves from the pub room to go outside into a parking lot to have our discussions. And, have these conversations mm-hmm. because we knew that those guys would would probably have an issue, you know, and they did. So it's that, it's sad, but at the same time, you know, educational. Right. It's I, good to make those guys uncomfortable. You know, some, sometimes <laughs> sometimes it is, and then you get blackballed. Yeah. But sometimes yeah. it is, and then you get blackballed. No, I, and then you get blackballed. <laughs> um, I I'll say. Well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just saying. I think you got to be edgy. Oh, and right. if you haven't been to an MRF symposium, you go to one. For anyone that's listening, mm-hmm. where do they have spend this? the money? They bounce around the U.S. It's Detroit. I think it's Detroit next. Uh, the next oh, one is they're Detroit. awesome. Yeah, and for those that don't know, what is uh, what is MRF? Masonic so, Re- Restoration Foundation. Yeah, so Andrew yeah. Hammer uh, heads up that that program and they they put together a really awesome uh it's basically an entire weekend whenever they do it and, and it's um just full of great education and uh plenty of libations and it's a fun time oh yeah there you go yep. yeah, yeah we're up. looking at it yeah oh, cool. you get you have some fun man you have some drinks you do some singing oh you know oh shots oh, it's a great time Oh yeah, yeah, I've done those, those man. Together, I can't hang. I can't hang with that. Man, I'll just say you know when 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 I when I was uh raised, you know I was looking for you know the in depth education just masonically just by itself you know just whatever there was to give, and um, it it was uh very hush hush. I was told specifically, hey, you shouldn't be asking those questions and just just hang out for a little bit and then this is the table that you can go to and when the coast is clear these specifically are the people you can have a conversation with and uh, i know we were talking about earlier the old guys and the young guys and it's like this like 30 year gap um there are plenty of old guys like real there old. are there are yes met the old guys yes sure. that are really into their stuff um that know the esoteric they've, stuff they've or, just, or just the masonic education Right. Mm-hmm. There's two two different fields, you know, with the old guys, you know, like I was lucky enough as soon as I joined um, the stuff I would talk about and how I quickly I learned my proficiency and stuff like that. And the other degrees I want to go take York Wright and other stuff like that. I was hooked up with other people that were definitely into it, but it was 100 uh, percent. Do not talk about this. Do not talk about this to other Freemasonry, uh, Freemason, Masonic people. Um it makes them uncomfortable or it was just a hush hush. But this is back in like 2005. So it was, you know, lodges were closing cause there was no membership and, and stuff like that. So it was real rough back then. Very empty. Um, but there, there's a, a huge uh, portion of, of the old guard, so to speak that are definitely into it. And it's just that we need to get that information from them or have some sort of, uh, you know, from mouth to ear, right? They need to be involved because it, you know what we find time and time again. I don't know if this is happening over there on on that side. Is that you have a building that's been there for so long, 
And then you have the building that needs to be run properly in certain rooms, certain other, you know, aspects of the building that need to be, be learned. And, you know, the only people who know it are these people who are now dying and they're not passing this along. And I find that to be, you know, sacrilege almost. You know, it's really, it's horrible that, yeah, who, who, who knows how to do this over here? Oh, that was Bob. Where's Bob at? Bob died last year. Well, who knows that? Well, we have the book. It's like, well, why, why do we do that? Where's the foresight in that? Where, where do we know? You know, we know he was, he was old. He was 98 years old. And we, we didn't get that from him. How can we didn't? Oh, there's nothing in place. I keep seeing that from like almost from Lodge to Lodge that I go to, you know. Have you tried the Ouija board? Yeah. Yeah. Collect call, right? <laughs> Oddly enough, I do have them. I do have a, a, a an original. <laughs> so, uh, yes. <laughs> Oh, that's man, a way that's... to ease into it, right? Find <laughs> the Ouija board. The Ouija board. <laughs> he did a running start with that one. Oh, but uh, you know, this so... you just see that, and you're like, "Damn, man, that guy knew a lot." Now we have to learn this part from a book. What if it's a new book, a new edition, or something? Or he says the old way is better. Whatever you know, whatever that may be, for different orders and different stuff like that. You know. It's a shame. I just feel really uh, new blood. You gotta have guys to learn the admin stuff as well. That's true, right? Like some of that, some of that That's stuff. You know, there, there's a balance there as well. What yeah, you shouldn't that? have a forever secure uh, secretary or a forever, no. you know, representative. No, that chair needs to be filled by different people. If you, you know, how else are other people supposed to learn? You know, and also you need fresh minds. Job. You know, I mean. For me, it's 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 a, a matter of leadership. If you have poor leadership, then the ship sinks, you know. And unfortunately, we have a lot of people in power in, in places that you know they're out of touch. They're they don't understand how things work. Twitch, what is that? You know, I'm twitching. Okay, well, it's an application. You know, what's Spotify? Yeah, it's... what's Spotify? Well, we were bad with that. <laughs> yeah, that's me. You know, yeah. I still yeah. I still deliver messages with pigeons. You know, yeah. So it was I a mean, Twitch link, and we were like, "What the hell is this?" I feel like these uh, these yeah, bodies need to talk to each other, and they need to you know put some type of inf- infrastructure in place so that way the messages are sent out or the 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 work is done. And just like James was saying, is the work is passed on, and that's probably the most important part. You know, mm-hmm. and we need legacy. Know, we're, we're not seeing that. We're failing in that right. part. You know, it's funny is getting back to the Masonic journey, though. um, Now, I had a I I just wanted to I wanted to ask Jamie and Jake, um, you guys. So knowing knowing where you came from with Masonry and where you've gone along with your spiritual journey along the way of your spiritual journey, what subject matters have you learned about found out about enthralled you and what's what's your current what's your what what are you what are you focused on right now what rabbit holes are you guys going down so 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 right after right after i was raised um i had the good fortune of getting robert hewitt brown's stellar theology and masonic astronomy familiar so fantastic 
book, right? So it was one of those books, and I've told this story before. It's one of those books where, and I got, I started reading it like the week after I was raised, and um, basically, it's this uh, astrological kind of um, key to the uh, all of our symbolism in the craft. Uh, you know, generally, but specifically the the second section of the third degree. And it was such a mind blower that, like, I still have my copy of it. It was an old, like, Kessinger copy, you know, classic reprint or whatever. And it's, there's marginalia all in it. It looks like a, somebody from a, a, like a schizophrenic from a mental hospital owned it. Like, it's just, like, all highlighted and fully like marginally i wrote Beautiful like, mind status. basically like another book inside of it and um anyway but uh but it and it was also like um you know i'd get to a certain part and there would be this big payoff and i would literally have to put the book down and like go outside and pace back and forth just reeling like a, such a mind blower so so that was kind of my first like um massive like uh just like lightning bolt experience you know when it when that kind of sort of broke open and so that's ebbed and flowed and you know i've i've checked out a lot of different uh you know the whole alexandrian thing with neoplatonism gnosticism hermeticism uh proto-kabbalistic stuff like the sephiretsera and and into kabbalist you know properly medieval Kabbalistic stuff and you know the Zohar and things but uh, but and and the alchemical stuff but I find myself going the last couple of years getting deeper and deeper into astrology and I think that and that's kind of where that was my first kind of big boom right after being raised and then it kind of fell off you know and now I'm definitely like way back into that like is so so to me when we were talking earlier about the interface between subject and object or my personal you know the divine spark that is in me personally recommuning with the anima mundi you know the spirit of the cosmos um that has been and it has been via freemasonry but it's it's certainly at, at the you know micro macro the microcosm and the macrocosm being sort of joined through this astrological uh, connection because i literally like go outside and i i do direct observation of the planets as they transit and what stars and signs they're they're you know against and what aspects they're making and things like that and looking at charts and that's really been my jam the past couple of years and uh i don't know if that answers that question but uh is that kind that of totally answers have you read yeah, max hendel do you know who yeah, he is it, there you yeah, go the you would, yeah cosmic conception message of the stars simplified scientific yep. astrology all the good stuff 
Yeah, so I've I've read a lot of modern Rosicrucian, theosophical, you know, Alice Bailey type astrology and what they call esoteric astrology and this archetypal astrology and some of the newer 20th century stuff post like Alan Leo. But my jam has been, you know, Porphyry, for example, like Porphyry's on the Cave of the Nymphs, a commentary on the Cave of the Nymphs. He's, you know, third, uh, fourth, third or fourth century Alexandrian, uh, uh, well, Roman Alexandrian. I think he's from Syria. No, he's from Tyre. Porphyry of Tyre. Uh, mm. In terms of you like know resonance, yeah. So, um, but uh, yeah, he's because the the Neoplatonic current of astrology um, has a certain. Uh, theurgical component because you can reverse engineer your way back out of the causal spheres. You know, you can ascend through the seven planetary spheres outside of the sphere of causality and be essentially liberated from fate or liberated from causality as part of the, it's henosis they called it, but uh, it was this whole process. But, um, Anyway, I'm just fascinated by that. But what happened to Jake's? Uh, I know nobody could see our video, but uh, yeah, I'm here. Oh. I'm here. I have the nice camera, but uh, I guess it died. So you guys are. I have a question for Jake <laughs> because I am looking at that camera. I have a question for you, sir. Yeah. One book, only one book you can take from that bookshelf behind you. What would it be? Oof. You got one. You can only take one, and you got to run. You got like three seconds. What are you? What are you grabbing? Kama Sutra. No. Uh, oh, hey, hey, zing. Probably. Uh, man, that's hard. You I know. I know. Way. I'm a book guy. I'm a bookophile. He's but. an. He's a book nerd. Yeah, that's all I do, buddy. But I saw that, and I'm like, man, that's that's nice. He's even got the lighting in there and everything. Oh, thank Very you. beautiful. But I'm like, w- this one book, right? Not so much like what the context is, but the book. Just a book. Sure. Like you have an original first edition or something in there that you're like, damn. Oh, yeah. I can get all the other ones from like Barnes & Noble. I'm just grabbing yeah, this one. I have, a, I have a Diamond Jubilee edition of uh, Secret Teachings of All Ages. Ooh, speaking my language here, sir. Yeah. yeah, that one's pretty cool. I yeah, think I would have. Cool. It's got some foldouts. Yeah, uh, yeah. If you've, if you've ever picked, there's these things you can pick up off the ground and eat them, and they make you see stuff really weird. Yes. And it mm. looks yeah, like the drawings that, inside. Yeah, and then you look at those pictures in there. It gets talking about crazy. psilocybin. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I, was gonna, I don't know I was what gonna that gonna is, but that route at some point during this conversation, I mean. Yeah. I don't know about you guys. I don't know who is or partakes or doesn't partake, but I mean, definitely part of my spiritual journey in life was psychedelics were involved with. So, I mean. For sure. Yeah, they they haven't always. Well, just to kind of double back and answer your question that you posed. Previous Jamie, question. Because that, that might bring me into that a little mm-hmm. bit. Okay, uh, cool. cool. Uh, I... I thought tarot and astrology and all that stuff was pretty lame when I first got into masonry. Mm-hmm. I used to tell people like, ah, no, nothing that has nothing to do with masonry. It's not 
like don't conflate the things, you know, this, that's some fortune telling thing. And I talked a bunch of shit about fortune telling for a long time. And then I, I took, um, more recently, but I, I also got into astrology like Jamie and we, we actually, he's done Chris Brennan's Hellenistic. So Chris Brennan is this great astrologer, practicing astrologer who's, um, developed a course a course on hellenistic astrology it's great and i'm in sort of in the middle of it right now jamie's done as well so we've kind of both gone down the astrology deep end but um yeah if you have a little bit of coin to set aside for a really cool course uh chris brennan has a website full of really cool astrology courses and and not occulty not esoteric i mean it's pretty scholarly stuff but it really does help blow open a lot of them stuff that we're probably involved in you know but at first i wasn't i wasn't really uh, into any of that stuff and um it, frankly i fell away from masonry for a while um and i was more into the just from the outside i was into the mystique of templarism and mm -hmm. rosicrucianism and stuff but i really didn't i still didn't really understand most of the stuff but I, originally it was alchemy that i was into i was into alchemy and i got a alchemical looking tattoo even and i was into that stuff and then um and then um as i be began to meet people uh when i moved back down to the valley from uh, up, up north and then eventually the uh the ascension guys um all these things kind of got reintroduced into my life like tarot and astrology and um alchemy but kind of in a new light right spiritual alchemy and um to to give a more like specific answer i guess than jamie's uh, so as not to say the exact same thing you know i i did get into the i got into rosicrucianism and i got into uh you know i was able to um uh get into the uh, uh college out here in phoenix of the sricf the mm -hmm. you know the, so no online it, right no online stuff. There you go. Yeah, the, if you can get in, if you can uh, figure out, you know, how to con or maybe not contact, but uh, the Masonic Rosicrucian stuff, um, and I only call it that because it's still associated with Masonry in a lot of places. Mm -hmm. That's how people, but it's really not a Masonic group. But anyways, it's a it's an interesting group, uh, the SRICF, which is comes from the SRIA, which we know is kind of that's quite old um, mm -hmm. compared to some other stuff, but. I uh, got into some Golden Dawn stuff, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and then now a lot of the scholarly stuff, especially since reading like Jamie's work, you know, that's really blown open a lot of Greek mythology and the uh, classic stuff, you know, really become quite a classicist since mm -hmm. meeting Jamie. But um, yeah, so there's a little more of a specific answer to that question. But that that even had led into more. I was straight edge for most of my life. Uh, didn't even, you know touch alcohol or or pot or anything and until uh like well into my 20s or whatever but until you met uh, jamie until I, not in fact no <laughs> in fact in i'm fact, just joking no. yeah um, J jamie um he, he certainly we did no we did dmt before but we did DMT. <laughs> he wasn't my first he wasn't he, my first no. yeah that's why we're doing the show guys we get along yeah 
but that stuff is cool. It really does add a lot of perspective. You know, oh, I don't for, want, sure. I, for I, sure. I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend. I'm not going to sit here and say that this is a recommendation. No, no, know? no. It's this, not for everybody. Be, I don't want this to be an endorsement of any of that. But uh, right. But it's certainly. Um, it's certainly. Yeah, we did our disclaimer at the beginning. It's cool. Okay. Yeah, I, I yeah. would never encourage somebody really, to go run around and do everything that I've done and see all yeah. these people and all these groups and stuff. That's no, you're crazy for doing that. And neither has I, Newman. So we know Newman's work is the like he spearheaded the whole. He's connection. my first. Right, he, right. He he spearheaded the whole connection between Masonic symbolism and ritual and and dimethyltryptamine through the acacia. Acacia yeah. mark and things. So, uh, in his alchemically stoned, yeah, alchemically yeah. stoned, and the Royal Society and John D and stuff. He's he's really the guy who blew that wide open. And talk about some people catching heat from the old guard. I talked to <laughs> I talked to Newman like almost oh, every day. Man. We're we're very close friends. We t- we text almost every day and talk on the phone a few times a week. And he's and I've known him for years, and um, and he's really uh, caught a lot of shit from a lot of people. Like his his he lives in Mississippi, yeah. And you yep. can imagine what his blue lodge is like. I'm not oh yeah, yeah. Miss anybody? But he's not. He's like persona non grata. His uh his blue lodge which is a shame and it's because of the nature of his work and i mean he's mm-hmm. he's really sacrificed a lot to, in the name of uh getting a one of the more brilliant theses that we've had mm-hmm. in masonic i mean in terms of you know it's also he, surprising who supported him though because uh, it's true uh, what he's saying you know yeah he, he backs There's it up some, yeah he backs it up names. I'll say he was yeah. one of my most favorite episodes, uh, you know, for somebody to do a show with. It was one of my most, most famous uh, uh, favorite episodes, and uh, the the book, his work is is I really really enjoy the work. I mean, it's yeah. so it it speaks for itself, and I think like we talked about early in the beginning of the show, if people have a problem with it, it's probably because it's working, it's right, and it's actually doing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you fantastic work. Got your astrology yeah, in my Freemasonry, know. buddy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, what what would be the one book that has influenced you the most, or has changed your life the most, that you would recommend to any any person, or maybe somebody going into Freemasonry, or just somebody who is starting their spiritual journey? What kind of book do you think that uh, would be a good book to start off to change somebody's Pat life? Just on this one. What was that? I think- I think Pat should go first on this because Pat, go for he's, it. He's absorbing all that material as we speak. You know, he's um the the one that just caught me thinking and curious was mainly P. Hall's Secret Teachings of All the Ages. Um, Absolutely, that one just really kind of made me have a lot of questions that I wanted to go answer. It kind of just. It's quite it's quite a tome of all sorts of spiritual paths for you to investigate and rabbit holes to go down. That's for mm-hmm. that's and to for take certain. with a grain of salt, but at the same time, it's it's yeah. just mm-hmm. it's a nice thing to start with. I think I for me, um, and then the Corpus Hermeticum is is I think one of you know I'm I'm what one of my faves that now, mm-hmm. and it's. You thinking, and there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in there. 
you know um that's damn. a big yeah, plate I mean, that's a big plate right there to, to the cor- digest medicum is a good answer yes yeah i was gonna say like the bible the bible's yeah, where or, i started man i mean yeah I, mean, I think that's where everybody starts the then Bible. every time you read it, it's something new. You see something that you unlock something else. Every time you reread it, you know, I don't know how many times I've read the book in different versions, Dewey, Subjugate, you know, King James, all, all these different versions. I've probably read it probably like 12 times. And there's so so much in there. It's like Shrek, man. It's got layers. <laughs> it's, it's, got, <laughs> it's got layers, man. And I, I have watched Parfait. that numerous times. <laughs> I love Parfait. Yeah, that is, yes, that is, that's great. I have, um, I have uh, The Thrice Greatest Hermes. Yes, that's an amazing book. I have that on my shelf. That might be... Um, that might GRS be Mead? Is that Mead? Uh, it's yeah. Mead, correct. GRS Mead, yeah. I got a nice hardbound one. So that's my answer to both questions, actually, probably. Which exact book off my personal shelf and... Maybe in general, because that's it's a great. It's got tons of. Everybody always says Manly P. Hall, and and I'm ex- hanging fruit. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm super biased because I'm a huge fan of Manly P. Hall. I collect Manly P. Hall books, first edition, signed, everything that I get my hands on. You know, I'm lucky to be out here near where he lived and had a shop and everything like that, and know people he were best friends with and his apprentice and stuff. So I'm I'm guilty at saying like I'm really on point with Manly B. Hall. I love his stuff and his work, and I recommend it to anybody that can get their hands on it. Usually I just go for secret teachings of all ages, you know, whether it's a new version by Mitch uh, Horowitz or or uh, the old classic version, you know. But most people can't afford that one. You know, it's like 235 bucks. But uh, if you can find it, that, that's that's the one to start with. It's Manly B. Hall. The next one, if somebody wants to go down a rabbit hole, you got Blavatsky. That that's a good one to kind of at least touch base on and see other platforms and mystery schools you want to go delve into. Uh, honorable mm. mention, uh, Sefer Yetzirah. Oh or yeah, that, I maybe, have that one that, too. That might even take the place of Thrice Great Hermes for me. I have a Jamie. Secret Doctrine edition of that where Blavatsky goes goes through it. That's a pretty interesting one. That's that's uh, the Kabbalah is kind of my uh, is is my rabbit hole that I'm currently going down right now. As far as I mean, I've gone through exactly what you guys said. You know, I've looked at the astrology and the alchemy and hermeticism, and 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 right now my my rabbit holes are Kabbalah and and magic. So that's uh, that's that's where my focus is right now, and, and any and all authors that I can read from Agrippa to, you know, some of these, some of these great Kabbalistic teachers or, uh, I, I don't have the names of them right now, but I've been going through some rabbit holes. Agrippa. That's the one though, right? Agrippa's three yeah. books. I'd say if I, I don't know, man, if I was on a desert Island, it might be Agrippa's three books. Is you it know? deserted or desert or dessert? Desert, deserted. <laughs> uh, is it a desert? On a Sunday, floating. Bring the cherries, baby. Yeah. You know, but uh, that's a good pick, though. That's a good. Uh, pick. Seriously, I mean, Jamie, yourself. Um, we talked about Newman. 
Angel Miller, Greg Kaminsky, DeHoyo, Stavish, Lon Milo Duquette. These these are you guys are all in Tim this Cable. modern day freaking exactly Tim Hogan, Mitch Horowitz. Tim, 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 Tim you Hogan. guys are all part of this new freaking you're part of the renaissance. You're part of this new re- renaissance of Freemasonry and 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 reading your guys's books is definitely not only I know for myself helping me, but I think you're definitely helping a new generation of Masons. And thank you for what you do and for what all of those guys do. Well, I mean, we're all in this, right? Because there's many different forms of media now. I mean, we're we're communicating this way through podcasts, uh, writing articles, writing books, uh, speaking, you know, doing education at the lodge level doing it at the conference level and um i i think it's you know it kind of it, it takes a village sort of thing and i think all of us you know the those who are participating in those organizations that we were talking about earlier like mrf and you know other restorative organizations that you know and and the people you know here's you know, where a lot of the sweat really happens is these cats who put on things like Esotericon in Virginia, you know, or, you know, um, my, my brethren over at uh, South Pasadena 290 out there who who were tireless in their, their work, you know, ever since I was affiliated out there 10 years ago, um, they were, they were tireless and their fraternal review, you know, they still are. Yeah, like yeah. Dago and all those yeah. people. We were just out there. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of which, did you see Angel Miller is uh, is involved with the uh, Fraternal Review now? This this yes. this particular uh, year. Yes, yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah, I contributed. He hit me up to contribute something for his his issue. I don't know. I don't know if it's right. for this. Is that the one? Yeah, fringe masonry. Do I have a thing in there? I haven't gotten my copy yet. <laughs> yeah, you do. Act, you actually have a thing in here. Okay, you, <laughs> you you have a thing in here, Jamie. That's what I. That's what I thought. Because because <laughs> Angel hit me up like th- three or six months ago or something, and and I sent him a thing, and I was hoping that it would get used, but uh. Yeah, you got the Hermeticism symbols of the Egyptian rite by Jamie Paul Lamb. Okay, cool. I can't wait to get a copy. Anyway, yeah, the Fraternal Review and 290 and Southern California Research Lodge and you guys with your podcast. And um, I mean, it's just, again, this renaissance we keep talking about and it's snowballing. It's like exponential growth. It's not like, you know, this just trickle. It's like a fire hose, you know, and it's every year. I mean, I've seen it only being in for, you know, slightly over 10 years. I'm not sure how long I forget, but, uh, I've seen it like go from like, I don't know, man, it's just been like increasing every year. It's just more and more, um, output and more and more interest and more, you know, more and more people into that specific current and all this happening during a shrinking craft you know during these times of attrition where we're really uh and again another unpopular opinion 
got to be careful who you share this with, but it's like, I want, you know, I, I kind of look forward to a smaller, tighter Freemasonry where it's, you know, where, where we get it down to like, um, you know, the people, I don't know, man, I don't want to sound douchey about it, but you don't sound douchey. I understand we're we're guarding the West gate better. Right. We're guarding the West gate better and getting real people that want to be involved in masonry that want to improve themselves and become better men. Right. So it's not elitism, but it is exclusive, right? It's gotta be exclusive. That's our West gate. It's not, you know, people, people sort of conflate that exclusivity with elitism and it's like and they do that too when you when you hyphenate your freemasonry and say something like oh we're an esoteric lodge or we're a continental lodge or we're a european child or we're we're this or that or observant or or to or whatever um you know that i don't know man that kind of can turn some people off and i can kind of understand their perspective because they're thinking like well we're just a blue lodge aren't you guys just a blue lodge it's like yeah yeah yeah, we are a blue lodge you know so you're you're definitely right though it's it def it it has legs and it is moving forward and it's um it's like I was saying before, thank you for being part of that, and and we're happy to be part of it as well. I mean, that's uh, that's what we love doing here. So, you know, with that being said, I think we're gonna uh, I think we're gonna be heading towards wrapping this guy up. So, um, first of all, thank you guys so much for being on the show. We uh, we totally appreciated it. And uh, if you guys are still thinking of having us. Uh, on Tria Prima, we are we're stoked to uh, to be involved with that as well. So, uh, shout outs, Mike. What you got? Shout outs to Pan America Lodge Five Thirteen. Shout outs to all our followers and um, all the lodges that have been supporting us through our endeavors with this podcast. What yeah, about guys. you, James? Oh, sorry. Oh, no worries. No, uh, no. Go, go ahead, go ahead. Say what you gotta say. I was just going to say thanks so much for having us on. I mean, on on behalf of Pat, Jake, myself, Tria Prima, um, Ascension Lodge, which is our lodge here, uh, Grand Lodge of Arizona, and particularly Chris Chavez, brother Chris Chavez, because he texted me earlier. He's like, he's he's from he's from Highland Park. Where, what you know, I I lived in Highland Park out there too. So we got this LA connection and he knows I'm talking to LA cats here. So he's like, he's like, shout give out. me a shout out. Right. So Chris Chavez, big ups to Chris oh, yeah, Chavez. Chris. What's and, up, um, Eric Hirsch too. I think Eric Hirsch was on. Eric Hirsch for sure. Out in Long <clears> Island <throat> on the Island. All right. So thanks. Thanks a million guys. And we're going to, yeah, Pat, we're going to have them on soon. How do we do that? I don't even know how to, we use zoom or, or shout out to Pat, by the way pat has built our entire uh, online edifice so if you go to our website that's pat if you've bought anything if you listen to our podcast you've checked if you've checked dot, out Tria Prima, dot co. That we, couldn't, we couldn't dot afford co. the m we couldn't afford the m <laughs> hey, we're in the same we're in the same boat don't worry but about it's it all good. But man, it's pat all good is the brain behind this whole operation over here that's All right, sweet. we'll talk. We'll 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 talk about the the connection. Um, well, James, every, James, let's really? see, James, let's see. I'm gonna give um, I'm gonna give some shout outs to. Uh, I got some friends that are traveling right now in the world. 
they are out and about traveling. I just want to give a shout-out to them. I want to give a shout-out to all the fans that uh, are hitting me up after the show, during the show, <laughs> and uh, during the middle of the night. Thank you. Um, I really appreciate it. I try to answer everybody's questions. I just want to say thank you to all the fans for supporting us and uh, giving us um, much love. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, hey, you know, I I said uh, I said a bunch of names before, but I am going to repeat them on my shout out. Jamie, thank you. I'm shouting out to you. Uh, P.D. Newman, Angel Miller, Greg Kaminsky, Arturo De Hoyos, Mark Stavish, Merrick Hamer, Lon Milo Duquette, Mario Marino's one of the new ones, Tim Hogan, Mitch Horowitz. These are all the guys that got me looking at either books or at lectures and are the reason why I love to continue my spiritual journey in Freemasonry. So with that being said, um, you know what? Everyone, we appreciate our uh, we appreciate our viewers. Brian, why don't you go ahead and throw your two cents in, please? I love it when you say it. As usual, I like to give my shout out to each and every person out there trying to be better tomorrow than you were today. <clears throat> Thank you to all of our viewers. We do this for you. Thanks for supporting us. Thank you, of course, to our guests. It was a great show. Um, look forward to working with you guys more in the future. Um, also, what else we have? Uh, we actually we're going to be changing um, our our days for the viewers, just in case, um, because. For us back here in California, or our particular area, we're kind of starting to be able to actually get back to Lodge. So um, they all meet on Thursdays. <laughs> so um, we're going to be on Tuesdays from now on, right? Am I wrong? Tuesdays. Yeah, you're right. As, yep. And, and, and we're right. going to be with, is that, that's going to start next show, correct? Correct. Yep. So that's the plan. Yep. So for all the viewers, um, we will start up again on Tuesdays. So that, that's my thing. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Brian. Yep. Thanks for tuning in. However, you are watching us, comment below and let us know what your favorite part of the show was. For questions regarding the show, content ideas, booking inquiries, or just simply to say hello, visit the contact page at Keepers of the